Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, Bartenders. Go, Food Needs Refill. Harp on Sports, the podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? The preseason in the NFL is here. A little preseason primer for you. I'm going to tell you the five things that I am looking at, at least in terms of attention-seeking missiles here in the preseason. It's all quarterbacks, and it's quarterback dilemma, storyline, development. So I, I look, you can look at other position battles. I'm not getting too keen on offensive line, offensive tackle. What's going to happen here? To me, the storylines in this preseason, the one that matters, the only ones that matter, are all quarterbacks. At least from an overall perspective. I understand competition in depth. I, I get that. But I'm going to focus on the quarterback. So we're going to get to that. Also, also, a couple fun things for you. John Calipari in Kentucky, Mark Few and Gonzaga agree to a home and home. Well, kind of. Gonzaga is going to come to Kentucky. Kentucky, however, is not going to play on the campus at Gonzaga. Instead, they're going to play in Spokane at the big arena. And John Calipari came out and said, well, it's, if you want us to play in front of fewer than 6,000 fans, it's because you want us to lose. I understand why he doesn't want to do it. It's just a bad look. And I like John Calipari. I do. To me, this is pretty weak sauce. I get why he's doing it. Still pretty weak. And I want to wrap with the South Carolina Gamecocks, who, oh boy, uh, they're catching some heat. Because you can buy their tickets and part of those discount packs at Costco. You know, you go to Sam's Club and in Costco, you can buy like four movie tickets for $44. Well, there's South Carolina Gamecock football tickets that you can buy like that. And they're catching some heat for it. Why they shouldn't. Why they shouldn't. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Of course, Harp on Sports the podcast, The Bar, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast. You can track us down there. Also, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Okay, quarterback competition, preseason. To me, you know, a lot of situations that play themselves out in the NFL, in the preseason, I don't know what you get. It used to be something that you got. Now with three preseason games as opposed to four, I, it's one less game that you get more information or get information. The fourth preseason game was kind of worthless anyway. Not kind of. It was. So I look at this in terms of battles. You have to have situations or at least look at situations in which injury and injury concerns have to be thrown out the window for development. And that's where I look at this from the quarterback perspective. To me, I think there are five very interesting quarterback situations and developments that are taking place. Now, look how the new-look Chiefs offense is going to look without Tyreek Hill, what it means to have Tyreek Hill in Miami. All those things are nice, but I just don't know how much you're going to get in the preseason from those things. I don't. But I know we're going to have to def- de- or decide in certain situations what's going to happen with quarterbacks, so that's what I want to do. The first one I have on my list, not again, this is in descending order, number five, if you will, five, four, three, two, one. Davis Mills in Houston. Deshaun Watson's gone. The development of Deshaun Watson's gone, at least in terms of the psyche. They went all in on Davis Mills. They had a chance to trade for Baker Mayfield. Didn't want to do it. Um, Had a chance to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Haven't done it. And the Texans really, really liked Davis Mills. They didn't draft any other quarterbacks to really provide much of a competition for him. So the Texans are all in on him. 
fourth round pick out of Stanford a couple years ago, right? So uh, what are you going to see out of him in camp? We saw a little bit out of him last year. This was a team that wasn't very good last year. Now in year two, if they're all in on him, it better show to some extent here. Better see some flashes here in the preseason. So Davis Mills is number five on my list. Number four, Matty Ice and Indy. Again, you're not going to see a ton of him, but anytime a veteran quarterback or somebody that's been in this league for over a decade is on a new team, it's going to be interesting. And this was a Colts team that has a ton of talent. This was a Colts team that had last year or two years ago, big time playoff inspirations, or at least a prowess. Phillip Rivers, okay, it ends. They've kind of been looking for that guy since Andrew Luck stepped away. What is this going to be? Their fifth different quarterback that started a game since Andrew Luck retired? It's quite a bit. It's quite a few, right? Matty Ice is what they want to do here until at least they can develop somebody else. So I look at the, from the Colts' perspective in the division that they're in, being all in in this situation. You know, you look around, the Titans are good, should be good. You look at the Jaguars, who are still rebuilding their, their little mess. And <laughs> the Texans, the Colts are sitting there going, man, we should win 11 or 12 games this year. So Matty Ice's impact in Indianapolis. And again, here in the preseason, what do we see? What does he look like? You're, you're going to maybe see three quarters, four quarters out of Matt Ryan. What's he look like? Again, these are the, these are the five things I'm paying attention to in the preseason when it comes to quarterbacks. I have number three on my list, Pickett's charge. You like that? Pretty clever, huh? Is Kenny Pickett the man in Pittsburgh? Steelers say Mitch Trubisky's the guy. You've got Mason Rudolph. You've got, boy, you've got an interesting, don't you, trinity there in Pittsburgh where Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback for how many years? 18? Big Ben was a quarterback for 17, 18 years in Pittsburgh. Now, here we go again. What do we have now? And I, what do we have now? What are we going to get? And, you know, the answer to that is if they say Trubisky's the guy, okay. But if he is the guy, then he's going to be taking snaps with the ones, right? So if Trubisky's taking snaps with the ones, that means Pickett. And Rudolph, or they're taking snaps with the twos. What does that battle look like? Because all three of those guys, if Trubisky's the man, okay, Pickett's not going to be on the practice squad. Does that mean Rudolph's on the practice squad? Does that mean that they shelve one of those guys? What do they do with that? There's another team that's going to have this trifecta problem coming up as well, but how much of a charge does Kenny Pickett make here in the preseason? So that's my third quarterback storyline I'm following in the preseason. Number two is, I, I mean, to, to me, it, it it's a combination platter is what this one is because you have, and I'm kind of cheating here. I'm looking like at the entire Western front. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Seahawks decided to move on. Okay. Russell Wilson's in Denver. Kyler Murray gets the big contract. How much you're going to see out of them in the preseason. I don't, I don't you know who knows, but I do know this, the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo exit stage, right? Or exit stage left. However you want to do it. Trey Lance is the guy. Okay. What are you doing with Jimmy here in the preseason? What are the 49ers going to do? They're going to showcase him at all. He's cleared. He's medically cleared now. What are they going to do with him? If Trey Lance is the guy, okay, here we go. Is he, is he going to start? Looks like it. I think the 49ers decision is fascinating. It is because all this Garoppolo talk, I, I'm going to throw one out there for you. Say Trey Lance hits his ha- hand on somebody's helmet in the first preseason game, breaks a finger, and all of a sudden, okay, we got to keep Garoppolo around now. See where we're going here? And people keep saying the 49ers need to trade Garoppolo immediately. No, they don't. The best thing for the 49ers to do is to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo through the preseason here and at the end, move him. 
If you can't move him, do you cut him? I, I don't know what you do with him at that point, but there's going to be somebody that needs a quarterback. There always is. And even if you have to siphon him off for a fourth or a fifth round draft pick, if somebody eats half of that salary, then, then you're good in that stance. Trading Jimmy Garoppolo before the preseason starts is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense financially or structurally. It just doesn't. The Browns had enough of a mess on their hands with the Deshaun Watson situation. That's why Baker Mayfield had to go. 49ers don't have that mess there. They don't. So, to me, you know, the Lance dance. What did the 49ers do with these two guys? Recapping five through one, Davis Mills in Houston, or with the Texans. They're all in on him. Okay, let's see what he has here in the preseason. Your two's a big step up for development. Matty Ice's Indianapolis introduction. New look offense in the preseason. What's this team look like with him? Three, Pickett's charge. Again, you've got three quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph, Trubisky, can you pick it? What, what are the Steelers going to do here? Pick it, have a chance to win this? Doesn't look like it, but what, what does that mean for those other two? Or what's it mean for Rudolph as we get into this thing? Number two, the Trey Lance dance, San Francisco. I, I, I'm going to enjoy watching what they end up deciding to do and what he looks like. Does he look the part? Let's not forget Jimmy Garoppolo took a team to the NFC Championship game last year, uh, two years ago, three years ago, now took a team to the Super Bowl, had a lead in the fourth quarter. I, I, I'm going to enjoy watching how this goes down. And to me, the number one thing in this preseason in terms of a storyline, and you may sit there and say, well, what about Russell Wilson? I don't have Russell Wilson at one. I don't have Tua Tungavaiola at one because this is the preseason and they're not going to bust out the, these offenses. They're not going to open up the spigot on these guys. They're just not. I'm looking at actual quarterback things that have question marks. And the number one thing for me is the Carolina Panther posse. You're not going to see Christian McCaffrey, but I I do see a situation where you got three quarterbacks, right? You got Baker Mayfield, you got Sam Darnold, and this team drafted Matt Corral. So you've got a guy that a lot of people thought could go in the second or third round. The Panthers draft Matt Corral as being their future. They trade for Baker Mayfield. And you've got Sam Darnold. What on earth? What, what's Carolina going to do? Who's going to get reps with what? They're not going to cut Matt Corral. So logic would tell you Baker or Darnold are going to be on the outside looking in. Boy, wouldn't that be something if they traded for Baker Mayfield and immediately moved him? If Sam Darnold lights it up here in the preseason, what does that mean for those other two guys? So the Panther Posse, those three, at least, again, my five quarterback binoculars that I'm staring through here in the preseason. You, the Russell Wilson, Tua stuff, you're not going to get a lot out of those veterans. Kyler, or Kyler, well, who knows what you're going to get out of Kyler Murray. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, I, I know what those guys are. I, th- these are the situations that help define where the league is going, right? Because let's say the let's say the Panthers cut Donald. Do the Lions pick him up? Do the Seahawks pick him up? If you're the Seahawks, you have to be sitting around going, "This is, like, somebody's going to have to cut somebody here. We're going to be in good shape if we want to get somebody. So those are my five preseason primers. I'm pumping my fuel from, my gas from here in the preseason. All right, from that to this, John Calipari in Kentucky. When I saw this news earlier in the week, I was, I was excited. I loved it. When I saw the Kentucky Wildcats, Gonzaga going to do a home and home. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And even I had some other ideas for some pretty cool one and ones, one, you know, Home and homes, one for ones. I thought, how cool would it be for Kansas to go to Illinois, Chicago, and Illinois, Chicago to go to Kansas? Those are teams that, you know, Illinois, Chicago put on a show last year. But a couple years, I mean, they've been great. Now, Porter Moser's gone, so what does that program really mean? I, I, 
but they're still a top 25 basketball team. So I would, I was trying to find just pockets of small, what do you want to say? I don't say mid-major powers. Cause I don't know if Illinois, Chicago is a mid-major power, um, or loyal Chicago. I don't know if they're a mid-major power, but they're fun and they're up and coming. Like if you did this 10 years ago, Butler would have been there. Uh, but boy, that how they've fallen. So I just watched the dynamic. Okay, Kansas. I'd love to see Kansas and Loyola of Chicago hook up. And then I was just looking at some other ones too. That would be fun. And you can even do, if you want to do Kansas and St. Mary's, that's fine. Duke and Loyola of Chicago, that's fine. North Carolina and Murray State. Murray State's been great. I'd love to see home and homes with those. I would. It'd be kind of fun. But the big programs aren't going to risk that. There's not. And Jan, John Calipari said as much. And I get it from Kentucky's standpoint. He's got nothing to lose. Although Gonzaga's its own little thing. He's taking on Gonzaga. They're going to take him on in the big arena in Spokane. Why? Because he knows of those 12,000 empty seats or 12,000 seats there, he can get 2,000 Kentucky fans in there. They can get 2,500 Kentucky fans in there. They play it in that 6,000-seat arena in Gonzaga's campus. Pff, 200 fans there if he's lucky. And he even came out and said as much. He's like, if anybody wants us to play us wants us to play in front of fewer than six thousand fans, wants us to lose. At least he said it. I give him credit for saying it. Like we can't play in front of that. You put us in the small gym, we won't be able to handle it. He's right, isn't he? Now he said that Kentucky hasn't played in front of six thousand fans in a regular season game since the sixties or seventies. Oh, okay, I do know this. I went back through and looked. COVID aside, the last time they played in front of fewer than 6,000 fans, of course, it's going to be a road game. They lost in the opening round of the NIT to Robert Morris nine years ago. 3,400 fans were there. He knows. He wants you in his atmosphere. He don't want to be a part of your atmosphere. No way. University of Florida had this a couple years ago, didn't they? They didn't want to go to UCF and play. They'll play UCF in Gainesville. They'll play UCF at the Citrus Bowl, but they don't want to play them on their campus. If they do, they want to do a two-for-one. I wish Gonzaga would have offered that. Like, hey, look, okay, we'll come to Kentucky twice. You come here once. Now, Gonzaga knows if they can get them out in Spokane, get Kentucky out there with 9,000 Zags fans, they still got a good clip at them. They know that. But, unfortunately, the big wigs dictate these terms. The rich dictate the terms. They just do. And the haves dictate the terms. They do. That's in all walks of life. And Kentucky's going to dictate the terms on this one. Still would have loved to see it. So I, I get where Calipari is coming from. It's like, what's he afraid of? He, he knows his team. Like, we're not going to play. You want us to get beat. We, we can't handle that small of an environment. It's like, oh, you should be able to handle any environment. You should. But he knows his team won't fare well there. I don't entirely fault him for that. Again, they don't have, it's a little bit different. Because if Kentucky goes and loses at Gonzaga, there's no shame in that. There really isn't. I get this a little bit more if he was talking about Kentucky wanting to go play I'm trying to think of a small school. Like if you're trying to get Kentucky to go to Murray State or you're trying to get Kentucky to go to Loyola Chicago, I get that a little bit more, but this is Gonzaga. But they're not going to play there. They're going to go play in Spokane, which Gonzaga plays home games in Spokane. I, I wish we would have got a little bit bigger venue, but I get it. I understand it completely. But I, I like this idea of really powerful mid-majors in the big blue bloods squaring off in home and homes. Like I said, 10 years ago, you probably could have gotten away with this where North Carolina played Butler, where the Pacers play. You probably could have got away. You know what I mean? You, although Hinkle's pretty big. You could have gotten away with that. Hinkle's actually, Hinkle's like 14,000. It's a bunch of big plays, 13,000. It's now. So, there you go. Uh, 
wanted to wrap with this. South Carolina football's getting hammered, and it's a smart business decision. Is it something that's embarrassing? Yes. You know, you ever been to a great restaurant? Great, fantastic restaurants don't do coupons. Elegant places don't do coupons. They don't. They just don't. The demand is so high, they just don't. I remember when I was in New York for the Barrett Sports Media Conference in late February, early March, Hamilton was on Broadway. I'm like, oh, go check out Hamilton. No discounts for that. Demand is too high. No discounts for that. I remember, was it right before Harbaugh got to Michigan? Was it right before Harbaugh got to Michigan? And they were selling, was it Michigan tickets? You could get a Michigan football ticket if you bought, what did you have to do at Walmart? Was it buy Pepsi or you could win or you got half off Michigan? There's something going on with that and people are furious. Well, South Carolina is teaming up with Costco you know when you go to, like, Costco or Sam's Club and you can get, like, oh, here are four gift cards to Macaroni Grill or here are four movie passes for $44.44. You buy in bulk, you get cheaper when you're not buying your, you know, 48-pack of pudding and your five-pound tub of pretzels. Here, here, buy a bunch of tickets. Like if you go to the movies a lot, like, I use that. I'll admit it, I love, I love going to movies. Elvis was fantastic. Enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. Enjoy. Jurassic World Dominion, it wasn't, you know, it was okay. It was better than the last one. So if I love to go into movies, that makes sense, right? Makes sense. Well, South Carolina's doing this with its football tickets. You can get like two upper end zone tickets. Is it 69 bucks? I don't know if that's each or whatever it is. But you can get two tickets in Costco. The same way you can buy bulk movie tickets. Now, you're not getting bulk football tickets. You're getting two tickets. Now, look, if you're like, well, you're going to get two tickets, I'll just use them for Alabama. It doesn't work that way, right? I'm On the back of those things, there's select games, and they're the non-conference games. Look, I've seen this at other big schools. Alabama fans don't like to go to those armpit games. Gator fans, remember the Charleston Southern game like five years ago, nobody he, plays, pff, third of the upper deck was empty. Nobody wants to go watch that nonsense. Why would I, if I got a $1,000 TV at home, and I can watch five top ten games, Am I going to go to a game, sit in the heat, sweat my you-know-what off to watch you win 66-6? to six? Sorry, it's tough to sell those tickets. Now, is it a pride thing? Maybe, but it's a way to make money. I have no problem doing that. Well, Rutgers does it too. South Carolina, it just means more. I, I wrote down, there's only four schools, I think, in the SEC that will sell out every game this year. Bama, LSU, Georgia, and A&M. The only four that are going to sell out every game this year. Florida's not selling out Eastern Washington. No way. And even a couple years ago, LSU struggled with Towson. The only reason I'm giving, uh, to sell it out, I'm close. The only reason I'm putting LSU in here is because Brian Kelly may be a new vibe, a new feel. But, uh, you know, Bama and A&M will sell out, or Bama and Georgia will sell out no matter what. So only four of the 14 teams in this conference are going to sell out every game? Okay. So South Carolina is selling tickets at Costco. You can make fun of them if you want to. I get it. Ah, you're selling your tickets at the grocery store. Okay. Bulk tickets. Who wants to go to this stuff? You notice how everybody doesn't make fun of movie theaters for doing that? Nobody makes fun of restaurants for doing that. Think about the most popular gift cards you can get. The most popular fast food restaurants. When you buy things in bulk. Air fresheners. What else do you... Think about anything you can buy in bulk. You buy anything in bulk at those places. You buy cases of Pepsi, cases of Coke. Is Coca-Cola, oh, how dare Co Coca-Cola selling Coke in bulk? How dare they? It's just funny, you know, again, I'll set up for South Carolina here. It didn't look bad. I guess it could look bad. Just means more. What do you mean? South Carolina doesn't sell their tickets. But you know what that does? That shows you whether or not you're an elite program, right? There's a couple of things. I have no problem with South Carolina doing it. But everyone's like, we're an elite program. 
Got news for you, gang. If you're selling your football tickets at Costco, you're not. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. Don't be a part of the program. Consume it. Any capacity. Easy enough. At Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. I'm funny. You should check me out on those platforms every single day. At least I think I'm funny. My mom tells me I am. Uh, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, be the auditory route. Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Of course, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And HarpOnSports.com. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.